0: what's going on hogline nation welcome back to the hogline podcast i'm your host mitchell manis alongside my co-host andrew schreffler no jack today he is uh busy didn't tell us what he was doing but he is unable to record today so it's just schreff and i welcome back folks um week eight in the books moving on to week nine it was an eventful weekend jack and i were Present at the Steelers loss to the Jaguars this past weekend. Fell short 20 to 10. And we'll be getting into that and much more. And uh in for our third segment today, Shref and I are going to be doing our midseason predictions. We're kind of gonna be looking back at kind of how we fared so far throughout the first half of the season with our preseason predictions, how we see things uh, shaping up moving forward. But first, Shref. We must talk about your Eagles. It was a close game. I didn't watch any of it. It was at the Steelers game. So you're going to have to paint a, paint a picture with your words. But uh, tell me about it from your perspective.
1: Yeah. Uh, this was a roller coaster of a game. Um, so it's one of those ones where, I mean, as any football fan who truly watches every game of their team would know, there's times where games will start out and, like, right off the bat, you're just like, ooh. This doesn't look. This doesn't look like it's setting up too good, and it did not look like it was setting up too good. Um, Sam Howell, pretty much the entire game, was like played like the best quarterback I've ever seen, um, which he kind of did in the in the last game against the Eagles too. But it's interesting because he, as a whole, really hasn't been great this year, taking a ton of sacks. Um, he showed up. He was thirty nine of fifty two for three ninety seven and four touchdowns. Um, so you see a stat line of that nature, and you think, oh, they must have blown him out. They did not. Um, getting into the Eagles, though, I, I, I wanted to make sure I gave Sam, Sam Howell his, his due. Uh, he's been up and down this year, but he was, he was lights out for pretty much the entirety of the game outside of like three or four throws towards the end, which is, ended up kind of being what gave the Eagles the win. Um, from the Eagles' side, offensively, uh, as good as they've been all season. Uh, Jalen Hurts was 29 of 38 for 319 yards and four touchdowns. Keep in mind this is – which I'll talk about it a little bit. This is with what appears to be from what I think Jay Glazer said it was a bone bruise um, in his, I believe, thigh. So um, playing injured and threw the ball as good as he's thrown it all year. Um, I need to give A.J. Brown his his flowers. Uh, I feel like I you could give him his flowers every week, but like – I don't know man. I mean Tyreek's been awesome, but if you were going to ask me to like construct your perfect wide receiver, I think it might like it might be AJ Brown. Um I think it's I believe it's 6 6 straight games now of 125 or more yards. Um you know, we we've gone on and on about how Tyreek is, you know, on pace for 2000 and is having like one of the best seasons we've ever seen from a wide receiver. AJ Brown's only I think 75 yards behind him right now. Um so it's like, it's not just Tyreek. He, AJ Brown is playing on another level right now. Jalen um, hurts. I mean, we know that they've been buddies for a while and they have that connection, but it is, I mean, it is fully come to fruition this year. Like it, it, it's gotten to his, his second touchdown of the game. He had his first one, which was the, you know, little back, uh, back shoulder throw Brown plucks it out of the air with one hand, like ridiculous. The second play I'd argue might be even more ridiculous. Like, He's just he's just kind of running a straight streak down the sideline. And you could tell, like Hertz pretty much just said, like, AJ's down there somewhere, I'm gonna throw it up. Two guys, AJ turns at the perfect point, high points it, and then like pretty much bulldozes two dudes into the end zone. Like he he's doing everything at an insanely high level right now. Um, and I'd be remiss, Mitchell, not to include Devontae Smith in this because you know, you you've been clamoring the last couple weeks for him to get him to get going. He got going a little bit. Seven catches, 99 yards, and a tutty. Um, so, I mean, I, I said, like, this is the best hurts is throwing the ball. This was the most, like, spread out offense that I've gotten to see this year. And it was, it's very promising going forward. Like, even Goddard, like, he didn't, the stats weren't insane, but still got four catches, 36 yards. So, they, like, they, they spread the ball around really, really nicely in this game. So, I was very Julio. happy to see that. Julio. I didn't even mention Julio. Uh, pulled down a a heck of a grab. And like it, I think I saw people talking about it. He's it's at a point with his speed where he's basically just a tight end. Now, like you're basically using him as a tight end. And that's almost kind of what they did in the red zone. there. just kind of get it up to a spot where he can get it. Let him use his body to kind of get in front. And he did it perfectly. So going forward, promising just to know that they have, if nothing else, maybe a good, like a good big red zone target that can be utilized at some points, especially with how the red zone offense in general has, has struggled this season. Um, so that was very exciting to see. Um, a couple of dumb fumbles that was part of the reason why I wasn't very confident. Like halfway through the game, Gainwell fumbled on a five like five yard run from the goal line. Um, and also, like he he ended up playing a pretty decent game. He actually ended up with five catches for thirty yards for Gainwell. But in my opinion, that also kind of shows like what are we doing giving Kenneth Gainwell goal line carries? Like I don't. We haven't heard anything about Rashad Penny since like they signed him. Is he that bad that they don't think he's worth like having a roster spot to where you could use him in those short yardage situations? Like they they that's my only complaint right now is that they, they, they don't have that big body that could go out and get you three yards for a touchdown. Um Gainwell did the opposite of that, fumbled awful. And then the uh the the tush push, a fail. And not, not only a fail, but a fumble. Um Hurts pretty much, like, dove right into Dickerson's back, and the ball just popped out, and that was that. Was that. That's all she wrote. Um, probably would have gotten in if he held on to it, but he did not, so it did not work. So, for all those people complaining about the tush push, there, there's ways to stop it. Just, uh, you know, have the quarterback fall into the left guard and fumble the ball. Seems pretty simple to me. Um... So that's pretty much all I got for the offense. I mean, this I, it was a very complete performance by them. I thought Hurts, especially considering that he was playing through an injury, looked very impressive, made pretty much every throw they asked him to make. Um, the mobility was clearly not quite there, um, and I'm hoping this is something that they'll be able to kind of work through as the weeks progress here. But it's only going to get harder with the schedule. So I'd, I'd like to see these types of performances continue because this is, I think, kind of more more of what we expected based on how last year went. Um, the defensive side of the ball is where I'm gonna still complain a little bit. This uh, this secondary just makes me angry, man. Um, this is obviously a, a a conversation to have in the future, but I mean, I don't know, man. Paying Slay and Bradbury all that money, and like I think Bradbury's definitely still here one more year. I think Slay's here at least one more year, maybe two. And like they're clearly still they're great cornerbacks, but they. they've clearly lost a step and it gets really frustrating sometimes to watch them play when you have these expectations for them just based off kind of the name and the money value that's been placed on them Um, but they they've clearly lost a step and it it obviously hasn't helped that you know Bradley Roby goes down with an injury so all of a sudden you're you're relying on Sidney Brown to play meaningful snaps as a rookie you're relying on Eli Ricks to play meaningful snaps as a UDFA like they're They're certainly scraping the bottom of the barrel a little bit and they're getting by, but it's, it, it's worrying. I don't know. I've, I've, I've been clamoring for them to take a cornerback in the, in the draft, like early in the draft for, I don't know how long now, probably since like Byron Maxwell was here and I was getting mad at him. Um, Like they, they just haven't had like that young stud at corner and it feels like we're still waiting. And as long as these two guys are under contract, it feels like we're still going to be waiting. And I don't know it's just it, – it, it's not fun for me to watch because it, it's clear that – especially Bradbury. Bradbury has clearly lost a bit of a step, and it's just – I mean, we could actually uh, – I mean, we talked about it a little bit, Mitchell, when they were – when there were uh, preliminary discussions about the Jalen Johnson trade, the Steelers and the Eagles were two teams that kind of popped up, and I saw people wondering why the Eagles would do that. And it's like if you've been watching these games and you've been watching James Bradbury, I – I'd like to think that there are ways that they could upgrade at that, at that spot in terms of outside corner. They were even testing him in the slot in uh, training camp, and they kind of said part of it was because they just wanted to kind of see what it would look like, but looking at it now, it almost kind of makes me think that maybe they thought it was the best move because of how he's maybe lost a step a bit. Um, so, I mean, obviously that's really my only complaint. The secondary has been not not good, especially against once we start playing some of these more high-powered offenses. Um, the defensive line is still great, and I am going to shout out uh, Hassan Reddick. Um, I he is he just shows up in the biggest moments. Like he, we didn't you didn't really hear from him all day, um, pretty much the entire day. And then last drive, Washington gets the ball down. I guess down seven still at that point. Um, and fourth down, out of nowhere, Hassan Reddick just completely blows by that right tackle. Sacks Hal and that's the game. Turns the ball over. Like he, it just seems like he he gets himself excited for these huge moments and he performs in these huge moments. And it it, it it's a nice with all the talent they already have on the D line, including Hassan Reddick. It's also nice that they have a guy that you can kind of rely on where big play. We need a guy. It, it, it feels like he can be that guy in a lot of scenarios. So, I mean, as a whole, I'm still like pretty positive. I know the score was close, but I. You know, I mean, we all know watching NFL football, divisional games, it can get weird. It can get crazy. It got crazy. They found a way to pull out the win. I actually have one more stat before if you have any questions for me. But the the way they phrase this stat is trying to make Jalen Hurts look good. I would say this is more of just a team statistic than anything else. Um, the Eagles have won six straight games when their team has trailed by double digits. Um. That is longest streak by any – it says quarterback. I I don't know how it works for team. But, like, Peyton did it four times. Breeze did it four times. Rivers did it four times. Hertz has done it six. I'm going to say the Eagles have done it six because it's a team effort. But it's nice to know that if – you know, that your football team can go down by a couple scores and still not feel like they're out of it and almost still feel like they can come back and win this game, which they have. So, I don't know. It's – I – I don't want to look too closely into the score because, like I said, divisional matchup, but I was very uh, enthusiastic about what I saw from the offense, and I'm hoping that as Kevin Bayard gets more comfortable in the system that we'll maybe start to see that secondary show its teeth a little bit more. But those are all my thoughts.
0: Yeah, so I don't, I, I don't know if I have any questions that come right off the top of my head. I do have some comments, though. Um, number one, I do like how you – mentioned Devonte smith i was if anyone's yeah. been listening to this show they know that i've been harping on him for multiple weeks in a row uh so he definitely did his part however the rest of my team did not and i fell <laughs> to two and six in that league nah. and uh i lost 90 to 150 so it wasn't really nah. even close but Devonte smith like i cannot blame you for that nah. number two Ah, uh, you said it. AJ Brown uh, made history: six consecutive games of 125 plus receiving yards. So nice. he is exactly as advertised. Uh, it is going to be interesting to see how you know. Not that the you know the Commanders were down, Curtis Samuel, but Jahan Dotson kind of came alive a little bit. Terry McLaurin had a good game. So that's a that's a formidable receiver group. But next week, get CD Lamb, who's coming off a humongous game, and then from yep. there. Got to play the Niners, who have good receivers. You're gonna get Kelsey, uh, you're
1: gonna get the you can Debo. You're gonna get uh, who else are you gonna get? You're gonna get Stefan Diggs. Um, yes, you're gonna be getting plenty of guys. Yeah, they, I mean they're they're gonna have, and, and it's it's a weird mix because I I like the experience that they have, but at the same time, watching every single game as I've watched, you can tell that it's just it's not like Brad Bradbury's is the main one for me. Slay has still been able to make plays here and there. That reminds me of how good he, he still is, but I don't know, man. Bradbury hasn't done much this year that's given me hope for him, like all of a sudden turning it around.
0: Right, and, and to people, I didn't specifically see it myself, but people that were questioning the Eagles for pursuing Jalen Johnson of, of the Chicago Bears, who ultimately did not get traded at yesterday's deadline, even if the secondary was good uh, and, and playing up to the standard that they are accustomed to, it's if there's a good player available, you have to do your due diligence. And just because it's if you don't think it's a need, which it is a need, uh, that that's that's how I, I'm kind of, kind of calling back an example back to the 2017 draft. Uh, we the Steelers, we had Antonio Brown, who obviously is an all world talent and ultra productive, and that was pretty much the you know, he was he was on top of the world then. And we have Martavis Bryant, who had some suspensions and whatnot, but when he played, he was dynamic. And then we drafted a Juju in the second round. I'm like, why are we doing that? We have all these receivers. But then you see Martavis Bryant's out of the league very quickly. And Antonio yep, Brown only, only lasts one and a half, like one and a half, two more years on the Steelers. So you have to replenish your strengths and. You know, the second you think it's not a need, it'll become a need in the NFL with all the injuries and unforeseen events that happen. Yeah, it's it.
1: I always, it's the one thing, like, obviously as an Eagles fan, at least lately, I haven't had too much to complain about, but you know, I, I, I look at like a sauce gardener, like a Pat Sertain and like, they've even said that in that Pat Sertain draft, if he, the Eagles wanted him very badly, he didn't fall to him and it's just like I, I, I see these like homegrown corners who go up through these teams and they get to be so, so good. And I just, I really want the Eagles to do it at some point. And they, they Howie to it. Like, you know, I, I can't harp on him too much because obviously the formula that he's used has been a successful formula. But just for me personally, I just, I, I would really love to get a guy that I can truly
2: trust is going to be like a, a, a lockdown type of corner.
0: I'm sure it'll come. Just got yeah. to be patient. I hope. All right, we'll move on to the Steelers. Like I prefaced at the beginning of the show, Jack and myself were at the game. It was a cloudy, overcast, dreary, misty game. Uh, And the the play in the field reflected that weather, especially in the first two and a half, three quarters. Uh, It was nine to three at halftime. And until the Jaguars scored to go ahead 17 to three, that was the first touchdown of the game in the third quarter. Uh, It it was pretty ugly on the field. Um, At no point in the game, beforehand, during, and obviously after, I did not think we were going to win at any point in that game. I had a very bad feeling. And I wasn't really sure if it was just, if I was being objective about it or if I was kind of uh, in the back of my mind reminiscing about when I was there in 2017 when the Jaguars beat us in the divisional round of the playoffs when we were the, we had a, we had a, first round by we were the two seed. I wasn't sure if I was kind of going back to that, but I just had a bad feeling and that ultimately came true. Steelers were really bad on third down. I got this stat courtesy of Dunn and drew, which is the other podcast Jack is on. And we were also at the game with them. Uh, Trevor was nine for nine on third downs. So that's pretty frustrating when you can't get off the field in that regard. You're not going to win too many football games. if If you're allowing a, not allowing any incompletions on third down. Our ground game was completely useless. Our leading rusher, do you know who it was and how many yards they had?
1: The fact that you're asking me makes me think that it might not be Jalen Warren or Najee Harris. Was it like Trubisky?
0: <laughs> it was Jalen Warren, but get, do you oh, guess okay. so how many yards he had? I don't know, like 20. <laughs> 19. Oh. Even so worse. Pretty brutal. again, like I just said a second ago, you're not going to win too many football games when you're leading rusher as 19 yards. And a lot of people probably will point to the refs. There were some bad calls. Uh, we got called for an offsides on a, on a made field goal, which was a 55-yarder, pushed us back five yards, and Boswell then missed the 60-yard retry. And there was a roughing the passer that called on us that was absolutely horrible. But at the end of the day, that's just nitpicking. I think we got the Jags got penalized just as much as we did. It's ours were kind of came at not the most oper- like the there were yeah, bad times time. calls. But again, that's just nitpicking. That's not why we lost the game. I mean, if if you if you lose by a field goal, maybe you could make a case. But we lost by ten, and we just didn't play well overall. So you can't you can't uh, attribute that to our loss. And another thing, I guess this is the last thing I'll say, is I've been to three games of the Steelers over the past two seasons. Oh, no. And I have yet to see Kenny start and finish a game. (laughs) So I'm afraid I may be bad luck. There's a chance. Yeah, just going back, the the first game wasn't injury-related, but he got put in at halftime. That was his first time seeing the field in 2022. Then I went to a game later on in the season when we played the Ravens in Pittsburgh. And he got a concussion on the second drive of the game when he got slammed to the ground by Roquan Smith. And then this past Sunday, he doesn't finish uh, the first half late in the second quarter, gets a rib injury and is ruled out for the rest of the game. So I may have to stop going or else Kenny could could die. Yeah, Yeah, he could die. So I need to maybe stop going for the greater good. Luckily, though, it seems like he's going to be playing tomorrow when we take on the Titans uh, at Heinz Field or Acrisure Stadium. There you go. So we avoided anything serious, so that is a good thing. All in all, it was a fun weekend, terrible game for us, and that's uh, the NFL. You need to bounce back, especially when we play tomorrow. So only a four-day rest before we get back out there, um, which can be good and bad. You know, yeah. you want to get you want to get healthy, but at the same time, it gives the opportunity, gives the team an opportunity to, you know, right the wrongs uh, quickly and kind of get that bad performance out of our mind. So, that's my thoughts. Uh, if you have any comments or questions, feel free to share.
1: Yeah, I think I'm on, I think I'm in the same boat as you. I don't think I have any questions. It's more just, I mean, it's it's tough, man. I mean, it, we. There's there's a couple teams like this in the league the the Jets come to mind and it's not necessarily it's a it's a little bit different because I think on one side it's legitimately just the quarterback for the Jets at least that's kind of holding them back you have a defense that could that can win you games at times won them won him the game this past week um, pretty much single handedly um, but Zach Wilson you know not not consistent will one game show up and show that he can like at least control the offense a little and then there's games where he just be looks like the worst player on the field um the Steelers it's similar results but different ways to get there I guess it you have a defense that can win you win you games they've done it they've done it plenty of times um but the, it, it just I it's just this offense man it, it, it's tough to watch um I just we've we've harped on it a million times I don't it doesn't make sense to me, and I, I know you're not going to do it middle of the season, but it doesn't make sense to me how you can watch, as a, as a front office member of this team, how you can watch this offense and just think it's fine. I just don't. I, it doesn't compute in my, in my brain, and I'm sure it
0: doesn't compute in your brain either, Mitchell. But Do you know, I'm sure you're familiar in some capacity, the 400-yard stat? Uh, They're the
1: only team that hasn't, had 400 yards of total offense in a while. It, it, I don't think it's just this year, right? It's like over a span of time.
0: It is, I don't have it in front of me, but I know it's in the fifties. Yeah. Think about how long that is in uh, 50 plus games. We haven't so had what? 400 plus yards of offense. And Pretty I think I, 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 do you know what the next closest number of games is? probably for like any other team
2: half, maybe half 12, half. 12. Yeah, Oh, less than half of them. jesus yeah yeah i don't
0: know
1: it just it feels pretty unacceptable to me but they they keep accepting it so i don't know
0: yeah that is uh if you know nothing else i think all you have to do is look at that stat and that'll paint the whole entire picture for you
2: yeah
1: that's why i don't really have that's also why i don't really have any questions because it's like it's the steelers at the end of the day it's mike tomlin and it's that steelers defense so i know that we 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 might be back here 2 weeks from now like talking about them as like a legit team cuz like it it goes back and forth all the time but at its core man this offense you just you're not going to it's going to be so hard to win games and it has been hard to win games like they they haven't really made off the top of my head they haven't made
0: any of their wins that they've had look easy by any means yeah it's really unfortunate i was really optimistic in the beginning of the season and I'm not certainly not throwing in the towel by any means but No because
1: I mean you're still I mean you're still in in the fight very in the
0: Yeah fight. I just view this team as a very high floor and very low ceiling Yeah it, it's yeah. it's hard to imagine this team going anywhere I think we can definitely make the playoffs mm-hmm. but once we get there Yeah I don't like Unless that. there was some perfect path where like Obviously, you never want to root for injuries, but if we were playing teams with like their second string quarterback or just teams we met like a divisional game against the Ravens, maybe in there, like that's it would have to everything would have to break perfect for us to make any sort of run in the playoffs. And you just cannot rely on that. So,
1: yeah. And then, and also, like at the end of the day, like when you're talking about like relying on those things, that pretty much means the defense. Like, I mean, unless something drastic changes you're, you're gonna you got to have to rely on the defense every week it's just the way it's gonna have to be
0: and this is not a perfect defense they let up a lot of yards no. uh they just get big plays out of their stars yeah and if tj watt has somewhat of an off game for, but even for him an off game is still a decent game for everyone else like we, we're relying yeah. on him so much so it's you gotta sad to say whole,
1: you, gotta, you gotta build the whole plane out of tj watt i think is the solution
0: yeah, so we'll see. Uh, but like I said, excited for tomorrow. Hopefully, we can get the win uh, on Thursday. Game, right? We really need it
1: against Levis too. It'll be it should be a fun little game. Hopefully, I'm excited for it.
0: Yeah, Levis looked really, really good. Obviously, threw four oh. touchdowns in his in his debut. But hopefully, he can kind of come crashing different. back down to earth back in uh, you know hostile Yelling, environment, Pittsburgh, short week on game. the road.
1: Yeah, it'll be interesting. This will be the. the This will be more of a true test for him, I would say.
0: Right. All right, so we will move on here to our midseason predictions. We will certainly go over any amendments or modifications we have made to our preseason ones. Trev and I were kind of discussing a little bit before we hit the record button on one particular team that we were wrong about, which we'll get to uh, when we get to the NFC. But let's start with the AFC North, uh, kind of transitioning from the Steelers talk. Give me your revised standings order and record of these teams. Um so here one second I have it on my notes. yeah okay. before you go this is uh this is so interesting. You could really see any of these teams winning it still. And that's kind of how we saw the saw the preseason into it, as
1: well. Going into it that that's definitely how we felt I would say. Um so we're starting with the north here. I'm going to I'm um, I'll, I'll I'll go I'll just go one through four first and then I'll go through records individually. But I got I got Ravens winning the division. I got Bengals coming in at second. And then this is where it got tough for me. I got the Browns and then the Steelers. But I have the records very very close still. So I have the Ravens finishing uh, eleven and six. So I think they're gonna you know kind of coast down the finish line a little bit. I got Bengals going uh, ten and seven, um, good team, but obviously got off to a very slow start, so they got some catching up to do. And then I got
0: Browns nine and eight, and I got Steelers eight and nine. Wow, you have the you have the non losing season streak coming to an end. We do, I do, and it's unfortunate, but I mean, we talked about
1: kind of what we just talked about. While obviously there's always going to be wishful thinking and hope with this team because of Mike Tomlin and because of this defense, I, I think it's getting to the point where this
0: offense is too much to overcome. I mean, I can't blame you. I can't really uh, refute that point that you just made. So that's that. And I guess, uh, no, let's reveal once we're done each conference, the wild card teams. Uh, I think that'll yeah, be better. Good with that. Go with that. Uh, before I get to this AFC North for myself, I wanted to say that I predicted two ties in the whole entire league here. And while you Mm -hmm. may say that's a cop out, that's weird to predict ties, there have been since the new overtime format, since a new overtime format has been implemented, I think it was in 2017, which is five seasons so far, there's been seven ties. So that's just about one and a half a year. So you Mm -hmm. could pretty much bank on at least one, maybe two. Um, So I just wanted to preface with that just with that numbers backing it up to where I feel like there's going to be at least one, potentially two ties. Anyway, okay. I have the Bengals storming all the way back and winning the division, and I have them at 10-6-1. I wanted to do it. I really wanted to do it, but I couldn't I couldn't pull the trigger on it. They still have a very difficult remaining schedule. They have to play the Bills this week. They have to play the Chiefs at the end of the year. The Steelers, twi- not that we're... Tough, but still two really? Steelers. No, that's the, the, yeah, in this context, it's tough. Absolutely. They play the Ravens, I, th- I believe, in Baltimore on a short week. They have to play, and, and there's definitely some, I'm forgetting them, but they have to play still other tough teams. And did you know this? The Bengals are four and three. They have no AFC wins. Oh, wow. They've played oh. all the NFC <clears throat> West so far and those are their four wins. <laughs> You're right. Huh. Pretty crazy. So it is crazy. Anyway, Bengals number 1, 10-6 and 1. I think Joe Burrow's finally healthy. I think he's going to take them to the division and, you know, it happened last year it's happening again now. They're finally getting right mid-season and they'll surge second half. I got the Ravens at the 2 at 10 and 7. Again, I think they could falter towards the end of the year. They gotta play yeah. the Jags still, they gotta play the Bengals, they gotta play the uh 49ers, I believe. Dolphins still. So definitely some tough matchups there for Baltimore. I have the Steelers at third at 9-7 and one. So I have us tying the Bengals. And we play the Bengals twice. I have us losing and then tying. So nine, seven, and one for the Steelers, and I have the Browns at nine and eight. So yep. pretty crazy division. The division champion has 10 wins. The last place team has nine wins. But, uh, yeah. So I think that would be the first time ever where all four teams have a winning record in the same division.
2: AFC South. Uh, what is your order and
0: records of these teams?
2: Yeah, this one was, uh, this
1: one was a little bit easier to, uh, to get through. I would say for, I would assume for both of us, um, I have the Jaguars winning the division at 12-5. and five. I'll just go record off the bat. I think they have proven themselves as a legit team. This is kind of what we were hoping we'd see. They're not winning in the prettiest ways, but they're winning games. And I think at this point in the season, that is truly what matters more. Um, so I have them finishing first, obviously. I actually I, I have the Titans slipping uh, into the second seed. Uh, not any good. I have them finishing 8-9. and nine. Um, I think this is the definition of an eight and nine team. They've looked great some weeks. They've looked awful some weeks. I think Levis kind of adds a little bit of a spark to this offense, but at the same time, I kind of have to assume that it's going to be pretty up and down. So I think the record reflects that. But overall, it's still variable um, and they still have a pretty solid defense. So I think they'll be able to kind of hang around that 500 mark. So eight and nine for them. Um, I have the Texans coming in third at seven and 10. Um, they are fun, very fun. C.J. Strouds look great. At the same time, the, the, this all just comes down to I just don't think the talent level's there as a whole, as a unit. I think D'Amico Ryan's is a fantastic coach and is going to continue to be a fantastic coach. But it's it's not their year. We, we never thought it was going to be their year. They're a fun team, but 7-10 and 10 for them. And then I have the Colts rounding it out at 6-11. and 11. Um, I think this is a team that I love I, – I love Shane Steichen. I think in the long run, he's going to be good. Um, I think this is a team that, in a weird way, to me, it's almost felt like they've gotten like worse as we've gone through the season. I know Anthony Richardson gets hurt, and you have to bring in Gardner Minshew and have him kind of lead the offense. But I don't know. I, I felt like at the beginning of the season, we were talking about the Texans and the Colts kind of in the same light, where it was like they're frisky, like they're going to be able to compete in games, but they might not win a lot of games. I feel like in my opinion, at least there's a tier has kind of been created where I, at least for this season, it feels like the Texans are, might be a little bit better than them. Obviously not by much because I only have, I only have the Colts winning six games, but nonetheless that, so I got, I went Jags, Titans, Texans, Colts.
0: All right. Yeah, I'm, I'm fairly similar. I have the Jags winning, of course, at 11 and six. So one game worse. They do have schedules, not easy. They have the still have the 49ers. They have the Titans twice, who have been a hurdle to them. They still have to play the Texans in Houston, which they lost to earlier in the year. And they also have to play the Ravens and the Bengals. So definitely some difficult matchups. But again, like you said, I think the Jags aren't even playing their best football and they're still winning six and two. I
1: don't think they found I don't think they found their final form yet, which is exciting for me because I, I really i mean i've always loved doug peterson i, I like trevor lawrence a lot so they're they're an easy i know for you guys this past week and they weren't easy to root for but i feel like in general they're a pretty easy team to root for
0: yeah and and we have some friends that are jaguars fans so that's like their only saving grace but if if i didn't yeah. know them i think the jaguars would be right up there with you know a team that some of my least favorite teams in the league just because of there's a rivalry there i mean yeah They've had foreign. our number and uh obviously if you saw the game and saw the clips on Twitter, they stole the terrible towels, they stomped on them in the field. So there's a whole there's a lot of backstory and, and uh intrigue there. So I would love to get a second chance of them if we so happen to play them in the playoffs. I would love that. But gotta give credit where credit's due. Like I said, I think they could have a whole nother level. So eleven to six is being conservative and I'm kind of just playing off of the tough remaining schedule there. Yep in hindsight this still could be a little too optimistic but i have the texans coming in second at 9 and 8 ooh so that would be I a like huge it. that would be a I huge like positive for houston after they've you know had many years of dysfunction so i i do feel like they've turned a new leaf now and i'm starting to buy in i know last week would suggest otherwise giving the panthers their first win but i'm going to chalk that up to just kind of a fluke week and i i, I think the texans are You know, not going to do damage this year. I don't have them in the playoffs at nine and eight, but next year could certainly be really interesting. I have the Titans at eight and nine. Again, they're going to be a good team. They're going to be a tough matchup every single week, no matter who they play. But ultimately, I'm not buying into the 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 debut of Will Levis just yet. I need I need to see it for multiple weeks for to uh, to buy in. Mm -hmm. And the Colts, I have them rounding out also at six and eleven, similar to you. And they're a good team. It's just unfortunate. I really would love, would have loved to see a full season of Anthony Richardson, but what if, fortunately, we're not going to get, get that.
2: If still playing.
0: Yeah, for sure. Um, would have had him closer to 500, but kind of a, I wouldn't say a lost season, but a Probably season yeah. that's kind of in flux now. So
1: and I think it's I mean obviously Levis is one but in terms of the first round draft picks of Young, Stroud and Richardson, the guy that needed the most reps was Richardson. So it's tough.
0: Yeah. So we'll certainly see how he progresses in the offseason and and how they attack the the 2024 offseason. AFC East. What do you got?
2: Uh this one was hard for me. Um I,
1: going into the season, I wasn't high on the Dolphins, and while their record is obviously very, very good, I'm still not that high on the Dolphins. I kind of hinted it to you before we started this, Um, so I have the Buffalo Bills winning the division uh, at 11-6, so as you can imagine, that means the Dolphins are going to go on a little bit of a losing streak, in my opinion, but I'll focus on the Bills for now. They've been one of the most up and down teams in football. We've we saw them dismantle the uh the dolphins at one point. We have seen them lose inexplicable games, play play teams close that they maybe shouldn't have played close. Just a lot of different things going on. At the end of the day, I'm um, I'm really trusting the quarterback here. I still don't think we've seen I we've seen bits and pieces of what Josh Allen is supposed to be. I still don't think we've seen final form Josh Allen for the season yet. I truly think that they clearly aren't happy with the way the season is going, even though they're five and three. I think we're going to see them. I think we're going to see Josh Allen specifically kick it into a little bit of a higher gear coming into the second half of the season here. So I'm going to have the Bills win in the division at 11 and six. I got the Dolphins coming in at ten and seven. So obviously nothing, nothing crazy. Um, yeah, I don't know. It, it, I I keep coming back to watching the Bills game and the Eagles game. Their two losses. It wasn't just that they lost those games they they just got they got dot like they got kind of dominated i know the Eagles score doesn't necessarily like reflect it as much as the bills dolphins game did but i mean just they just overpowered them pretty much for four quarters in both of those games and while my record prediction at at 10 and 7 might not might be a little bit too harsh on them it's for me it's more of a reflection of how i feel about them as a team going forward and playing some of these top teams. I just, I still don't think that they're quite built for it yet. Um Next I have the New York jets. I have them going eight and nine. Um It sucks, man. I was, I was really high on them coming in. And I, I remember saying at the beginning of the year that the defense, while I know the Rodgers trade made it the world of a difference. The defense is what I was really like relying on. And I had good reason to this defense has been, Awesome this season. They've pretty much been the only reason why they've won football games so far and they're four and three. So it's like the defense is elite. They just the offense week to week is just way too inconsistent. Like it not even just the offense. Zach Wilson's just too inconsistent to to put it bluntly. Um so I I I couldn't while I think as a whole this is legitimately a good football team, Zach Wilson legitimately makes them not not a playoff team in my eyes. So I got them finishing eight and nine. And then obviously the fourth place team, the Patriots. They um, they stink. They're really bad. Uh, I have them finishing five and twelve. Um, I think this is a team that has clearly punted on the season. Um, still don't think Mac Jones is the guy. They'll make a few plays here and there. That'll make you say, oh maybe. But there's no consistency with them. And this is it's just a really untalented football team. Is really what it comes down to. Like you, there really isn't a position group that I can look at and be like, oh yeah, they got some guys there maybe you got one guy somewhere Do you have, you've had a few guys that have played well. I believe uh, is it Josh Uche? They're one, they're one edge rusher. Yep. Um, he's played well. You still have like a, you still have like a, uh, like a Kyle Duggar there, those type of guys, but the offense is just not talented at all. And the defense doesn't have enough like legitimate playmakers. So it's just, it's just a bad team. So five and 12 felt fair. I think they'll, they will squeak out a couple more wins here and there, but they, they just stink. they're not good.
2: So, I think the Bills, Dolph- Bills, Dolphins, Jets, Patriots.
0: Yeah, that makes sense. I have the Dolphins at the 1, uh, winning the division here at 13-4. and four. Ooh. I think they're... I, I do have some hesitancies then in the playoffs. We've seen teams like the Bills and the Eagles, more physical teams, as opposed to the Dolphins being more speed and finesse, have their way with them, but I think they're going to still be able to blow by the regular season and we'll get to the playoffs in a bit, but Dolphins won 13 and four bills. I have 11 and six. So while they're not winning the division, I still have them. Yeah. I don't know. Would you, I guess they have the call same it finding their form. Yeah. So we, we do have them at the same record, but they're not a perfect football team. No one, no one really is, but still, I think the bills need to figure some things out. Clearly. Jets, I have nine and eight. I, I do think that they'll make it interesting down the stretch. And the Aaron Rodgers rumors will be circling like, oh, is he going to come back week 18? But I don't buy into that until it happens, which I don't think it will. I'd be shocked. Patriots, I have six and 11. I mean, similar mindset, just having one more win than you. But clearly a season that's not went their way, but what, pretty much what we all expected it to be.
2: Do you think this is Bill's last season? I don't – I don't. Simply because it, it, it's
1: starting to feel like they're they're going to get themselves a, an actual quarterback possibly, which can change everything for a franchise.
0: Yeah, that'll certainly now, provide now, some rejuvenation.
1: Personally, should this be the end for Bill Belichick, I would argue maybe. I, I think it, it feels like it's very much an end of an era. I think it was an end of an era when Brady left. But, I mean – I think Bill Belichick can still be a good coach with the right team, but it feels like it might just be the best time just to like completely wipe the slate clean and just try and just do something new. But
2: I don't think they'll do that.
0: Me neither. I think he'll
2: leave on his own terms. Yeah. AFC West. AFC West. Um, this is another one that is
1: pretty Easy in terms of where you're going to kind of stack these teams. Record is where we'll, we'll get into it a little bit. Um, I have the Chiefs finishing at 12-5. and five. Um, I think they're going to... I mean, they, it's been a weird situation this year in the NFL where there, there hasn't been one team that has just completely stood up above the rest. The Chiefs have faltered against teams that they maybe shouldn't have faltered against. I'm not even going to get that on them for the Broncos game because at the end of the day, it's a divisional game. Weird things can happen, but it's more of just, they don't like Mahomes has looked like almost like not good, which feels like insane to say. Um, but he certainly hasn't been the level of consistency that they're looking for. I think the lack of a true wide receiver one is starting to kind of show itself. Obviously Travis Kelsey is technically a wide receiver one. But they're, they don't really have like that outside presence that you know you would ideally like to have, especially with a guy like Mahomes. Um, but with all that being said, it's still Patrick Mahomes, it's still Travis Kelsey, it's still Andy Reid. So I'm trusting that they're gonna. When I say like get the ship on the right track, like or the train on the right track, like they're six and two. They're not. This isn't like the sky is falling. But it's clear that they've they haven't played up to their potential. So I got twelve and five. They 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 have a they have a tough schedule coming in. So I think they'll drop a few. But I think as a whole, we're going to see them be a much more consistent football team going forward. Um, I got the Chargers coming in next at 9-8. and eight. Um, I don't know, man. I, I wish I had more to say about the Chargers, but, like, it, it's the Chargers. No, nothing nothing changes with this team. Like, we just saw them beat the Bears pretty handily. But, I mean, next week we might be say, singing a whole different tune. This team just confuses me. They always will. They, like, they always have. They always will. Um, so I got them nine and eight and like, they could finish 12 and five and I'd be like, oh, okay. Yeah, that makes sense. And they could also finish like seven and 10. And I'd be like, oh yeah, that makes sense. Like that. I, I, I don't have a pulse on them whatsoever. Um, third, I got the Broncos. I wanted to put them fourth, but with all the situation with this, the, the Raider situation, I couldn't do it. Um, however, I still don't think they're a good team. I have the Broncos finishing at seven and 10. Um, you know, uh, I once again, I'd love to put them lower, but it 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 does feel like they've maybe started to find something. Not not in terms of like making a push for like a playoff spot, but because this team still just isn't very talented as a whole. But it feels like they're starting to maybe find some momentum, and I I think they'll be an average team probably going forward if I had to guess. And then I got the Raiders coming in last, and I. This might be harsh. I I haven't. I know they're three and five right now. I haven't at four and thirteen, Mitchell. Um, I mean, you trade, you you fire your coach, and not only that, but like, and I saw people talking about this. Like, you, you fired him the day of the trade deadline, and there were rumors and like reports according to other GMs that apparently the Raiders just like weren't answering phone calls yesterday, like at all, and it's like. I don't know, man. Like, it, it's pretty clear that you fully committed to, like, we're we're probably going to blow this up. You fire your head coach midseason. You fire your offensive coordinator midseason, if I remember correctly. Um, or do they fire their GM? Who'd they fire? I know it was McDaniels. Who else?
0: Uh, I think it was the GM, but I'd have to Who verify.
1: So clearly, like, it's clear you're punting on this season. If you're going to punt on this season, I would think the trade deadline, especially with some of the guys that you have why would you not be picking up the phone to see what people are offering. So the, this this whole organization is just not good. We you know, we knew it was going to happen coming into the season. None of us were high on Josh McDaniels. It's clear they weren't either, so I don't really know why he was still their head coach, but that's neither here nor there. And yeah, I mean this this is just a another another team that has a couple guys but just not talented. They've they're officially starting Aiden O'Connell the rest of the year. So Pretty much in every single game, you're automatically going to be at a disadvantage at quarterback, which doesn't bode well to winning games. So like I said, I know it seems harsh, but I, I, I truly think there's a decent chance they might only win like one game coming in. So I have them four and 13. So Chiefs, Chargers, Broncos, Raiders.
0: This is our most closely aligned division uh, thus far. I have the Chiefs at the one at 11 and six. You've mm-hmm. kind of touched on how they've struggled I really, if I were a chiefs fan, we really would have been upset for their lack of bringing in a wide receiver as you touched upon. Yeah. I mean, the first name that came to mind was obviously Devontae Adams, but I don't know if the Raiders trade him within the division. Same with know. court Sutton too. Jerry Judy. Yeah. Those were two other names, but again, inner division. So that kind of leaves you with a few other names, but still, I think I would have maybe tried to look for Deandre Hopkins. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. yeah.
1: Yeah, I mean, this goes all the way, like, I mean, they, they've had, I mean, pretty much ever since Tyreek has been gone. So they've had, what, a, almost, what, a season
0: and a half now? Two two full off-seasons. Right, it just, and it wasn't a problem last year because they got by, but now... Well, they had
1: Juju, which I, I, I feel like Juju, his stats weren't great, but I think his presence there goes under the radar a little bit in terms of what he provided for that offense. He
0: still had 900 yards last year, so... Yeah. There's that. And may, another name that kind of stood out to me, maybe Hollywood Brown would have been a name to bring in. Mm-hmm. So there were definitely names available. Not sure of their level of effort in trying to acquire them, but ultimately didn't get it done. Got chargers at nine and eight. And that Sunday night game is going to get people to buy back in. Nothing. They shouldn't. I'm not doing, I'm they not shouldn't. Doing. Yeah, I yeah. don't have them in the playoffs either. Broncos, six and 11. I have them third. Pretty impressive win. Kind of the same thing. Maybe beating the Chiefs could get people to buy back in on them, but I'm um, certainly not at all. Their six wins is probably the max I have them winning for the rest of the season. And you were worried about being too low. I have the Raiders uh, same record as you, four and thirteen. There you go. It, it called... reminds me of
1: last year with the uh, with the whole Jeff Saturday thing when, when hey, uh, hey.
0: you were like they're gonna win they're gonna win one and then they're losing out. And guess what? So I think that same thing could happen. Antonio Pierce, named interim head coach for the Raiders. Guess who they got next week? The Giants, his former team. Uh He's got to be juiced up for that. Uh Yep. The players are going to be
1: juiced up too. They're going to want to play for him instead of McDaniels. It's going to be a whole thing.
0: Yeah, and I mean, I have no idea how Antonio Pierce is going to be as a head coach, but he did have a pretty inspiring uh, opening press Mm -hmm. conference. There, I'm not sure if you saw any clips
1: about that, but... Also, could he be worse? I don't think so.
0: <laughs> no, I mean, I, I, I yeah, I mean, maybe, maybe he could maybe be. But...
1: Terms of X's and O's, in terms of X's and O's, he could be worse. But just in terms of like overall likability of a guy, he certainly
0: can't be worse. <laughs> exactly. So that's the AFC West. Uh, let's review, re, excuse me, reveal our playoff seeds right now. Hmm. In the uh, AFC.
2: Yeah,
0: I can go first. Uh,
1: so I had a couple ties, so obviously things got worked out based on that. Um, at the one seed, I have the chiefs still at twelve and five. I have the jags at the two seed at twelve and five as well. Um, I have the bills coming in at eleven and six as the three seed. I have the ravens also at eleven and six coming in as the four seed. then uh, my wild card standings it goes dolphins at ten and seven at the five angles ten and seven at the six and then. I don't know if I love it and I don't really want to see it, but I have the Browns sneaking in at the seven seed at nine and eight.
0: Okay. Now in terms of going back, which ones here, I can't quite remember who you had. I don't know if you do as well, but I'd have to go back and look. Okay. I don't know if you have in front of you, but anyway, I'll review mine. I have the dolphins at the one at 13 and four. I have the chiefs of the two at 11 and six. I have the Jaguars at the three at 11 and six, and I have the Bengals at the four, at 10, six, and one. Mm -hmm. My wild cards. I have the bills at the five at 11 and six. I have the Ravens at the uh, six at 10 and seven. And I have the Steelers at nine, seven, and one at the seven seed.
2: There you go. All right. We'll
0: move on to the NFC here. The NFC North. The the bottom three could be interesting in terms of placement. I think the, the division winner is pretty clear, but uh, you go ahead with your North.
2: Start at the North is interesting because I'm interested to hear what you, uh, I'm more interested to
1: hear the end of this, because I think for me, the NFC ended up looking a little more interesting in terms of how things ended up shaking up for me when I got through everything. Um, I have uh I have the Lions finishing
2: at thirteen and four. Um, for a couple of reasons. One, uh, they
1: they've kind of reminded me of the Jaguars a little bit this year, in a sense where these are two teams that we've seen over the years lose so many like just weird games and like just not getting the job done when they need to. And it feels like at the same time, the Jaguars and Lions have both figured out how to win some of these like very ugly games. Um, obviously, the Ravens' loss for the Lions was not good whatsoever. I, they got punched in the mouth. But at the same time, every team this season has gotten punched in the mouth at least once, if not multiple times. So I really can't fault them too much for it at the end of the day. And the main thing for me that's leading to this uh prediction have you i'm assuming you've seen the rest of their schedule coming in yeah uh they get to play the i mean they get to play their division which has turned into a real just crapshoot they get to play the broncos they get to play the chargers this coming weekend which we just talked about the chargers and we know our thoughts on them there's not, not really yeah. I any mean, not this coming weekend. I think it's the next one. All right. Yeah, sorry. They're on their bye. So next weekend. Um, Like, if we're looking at just straight-up talent of the teams, I would say the Cowboys is their hardest game coming in, and that's going to be at the very end of the season. And it's also the Cowboys, where it's like, we know, like, it's the Cowboys. We, we've talked about them as one of these, like, possibly cursed franchises. We, we don't know what we're getting from them on, on a week-by-week basis. So in terms of schedule coming in, it's about as easy as it's going to get for any team. So that's kind of where that came from for me so so I got them at 13 and four winning the division very, very easily. Um, here's where it gets tough because there's a lot of teams that I don't think are very good um against my better judgment, I still have the Packers finishing second. um I have them at at uh eight and nine. Um, I don't think the talent of this team is very good, but it's all it's it's more of just like a looking at the rest of this division and trying to figure out how I feel about it. Um, they still have talent at certain positions. Jordan Love certainly hasn't lived up to expectations, and the offense in general has just been really bad, and you could blame it on coaching, but I, I do think that, I mean, and maybe this is something we should have considered more, but this is just an extremely, extremely young offense. Like, you're relying on pretty much exclusively between rookies and, like, third-year guys, and I know Love's in technically, like, is, what, third or fourth, but realistically, this is his rookie year pretty much. Um, so just a lot of youth in that offense, and they've got a lot of stuff to get figured out. But for me, the talent of this team as a whole kind of outweighs the other two. So 8-9, and nine, but obviously still not a good team. Um, I have the Vikings coming in at 7-10 in the three spot pretty much solely because of Kirk Cousins. Um, if this injury doesn't happen, I think we're probably talking about this team a little bit differently just because it seemed like they had maybe started to find their stride a little bit. Uh, the QB situation just kind of, it, it kind of tanks them, in my opinion. Uh, you trade for Josh Dobbs, and I think he can be good. You're not starting him yet. I think Darren Hall's officially starting this week. Um, but, I mean, as much as people like to rag on Kirk Cousins, and I've certainly done my fair share of it, I mean, going from Kirk Cousins to Josh Dobbs, it's it, it it's going to lead to losing some games. It just has to, especially when the defense just isn't, performing at a high enough level to like keep you in games. So seven and 10 for the Vikings. I think they're going to falter a little bit coming through. And then I got the good old Chicago Bears finishing at five and 12. It's um, not a good team. You traded for Montez sweat. So we're going to, we're going to get to see what he looks like. Obviously Jalen Johnson stays. So there's still some pieces here, but this entire organization just seems like they're in disarray. I think today, they released their, like, running backs. They released one of their position coaches, and Ryan Pohl, or Iberflues or Ryan Pols pretty much said in the press conference that it sounded like it was because he just, like, he's, like, showing up late. Like, just not, like, didn't, apparently just didn't seem like his heart was, like, really in it. Like, I don't know, man. The entire culture there just seems like it needs some sort of help, and I think they're gonna keep losing, so they'll, they'll squeak at a couple, but I got them 5-12. So, Lions.
0: Packers, Vikings, Bears. Another pretty close division for us here. I have the Lions at twelve and five. You mentioned their schedule; it is definitely top half of the league in terms of easiness, in terms of strength, strength of remaining schedule. They've looked like a complete team, and they are not the same old Lions. They are here to stay, and they're they're firmly in the playoff picture. And we'll, we'll see how they fare in the playoffs, but. Twelve and five winning the division with ease. I have the Packers actually in second. Same record as you eight and nine. I don't know if we're doing this based on our preconceived notions of them earlier in the season. They've looked it's a mix of both,
1: I think, but it's all like just looking at these other two teams, it was so hard for me not to put them second.
0: Right. Yeah, so that's interesting how we both had them two, based on us both having them winning the division uh preseason. Vikings, I also have 7 and 10. If, if Kirk Cousins did not tear his Achilles, what record would you think you'd have them at?
1: I would have had them closer to 9 and 8, I think. It would have been like a 9 and 8, maybe even 10 and 7 situation. Like they, It it felt like they really were starting to find their groove a little bit, at least on offense. And I know the defense still isn't great, but they were, they were scoring points.
0: Yeah, I probably would have done 9 and 8. Uh, right. Justin Jefferson definitely would have made a push to come back. Now, who knows? He may just be shut down.
1: I'm them. I'm definitely. I I mean, I know he obviously gets a say in it if he's healthy, but you're doing what's smart. I don't know if you let him back out there this year.
0: Yeah. So I I think nine and eight would have been where I would have had them. Seven and 10, I do now with Hall and Dobbs. And I have the Bears four and 13, one less win than you. I think they're going to. You're still on Caleb watch. They have their pick and the Panthers pick. So two shots at him and yeah that's the north not pretty much not anything else to say the lions should wrap this up by uh week 15 or so i think yep 15 16 so
2: yep nfc south what do you got this is a just a ridiculous division
1: as a whole it is <laughs> um i I didn't like them coming into the season, but they've swayed me enough to give them the nod here. I'm going to have the Saints uh, winning the division. Not anything crazy. I have them at 9-8. and eight. Um, So I'm winning the division at 9-8. and eight. Uh, I think – I don't know. I, I, I'm still not a big Derek Carr supporter, but I, I I thought this past week he looked good. It felt like they maybe unlocked some things in, in the passing game a little bit. And even just on a baseline level, the defense is is very, very good. Dennis Allen has them playing well. They've been able to pretty much stay in almost every game they've played in. Uh, the overall talent, for me, still doesn't overwhelm me, but in this division, you don't need to have a ton of top end talent to win this division. So I, I, got, them, I got them getting it at nine and eight. I think it's going to be a, a dogfight division the rest of the way. Um, I have the Falcons finishing in second at eight and nine. Um, I, I want to like Arthur Smith. I really do, but it feels like he's just he's making this offense way too complicated. Or something that that felt like coming into the year, it should have been so easy. Of like a you know, the run game is going to get us where we need to go. You have Tyler Algier, you have Bijan Robinson, Cordell Patterson came back, uh, in his role. And, and then it's like, if we got to throw the ball, you have Kyle Pitts, you have Drake London. And one of the problems is that Desmond Ritter just hasn't been good enough. I believe they just announced that Heineke's going to start this week, if I'm not mistaken. So yes. An end of what might be a very quick era for Desmond Ritter, unfortunately, for, for you, Mitchell, but I, I know you've it seems like you've come around on the fact that he might just not be that good. Um so I don't know if Heineke really raises your win total at all. I don't I don't think he really does. But for me, the eight and nine, I, I would I would have loved to have the Falcons winning this division, but I I don't know, man. I, I don't trust Arthur Smith at all. It it feels like he's so hot and cold with the way he decides to call these games. Um and it feels like he just is not utilizing these players that he has to, to their full potential. And it's, it's disappointing because they have a lot of really fun young talent on that roster. And they just haven't been able to do anything very fun with it. Um, I got the Buccaneers coming in next. I got them at seven and 10. It feels like the original excitement about the Bucks is kind of worn off a little bit. Um, Baker's kind of returned back to earth. Uh, not that he was playing on like a, crazy high level but he was very much like managing the game perfectly for them to win these games not really doing that as much at this point um, this is another team where I think the lack of talent you obviously have some great like top end talent with like a Godwin and Mike Evans and Vita Vea and those guys but at certain positions they're, they're still just pretty weak and at the end of the day I just I I think Baker's gonna kind of really come back to earth and he kind of already has so I think that'll probably continue so I got them 7-10 and, and then Panthers I got him. I got him figuring it out a little bit. I I have him finishing six and 11. This might be another situation where I might just be too high on him because I was high on him coming into the year. But I like to think that the bye week leading into this Texans game that they, that they then won against a Texans team. That's been pretty frisky. Like out of all the wins to have, I thought that was actually a pretty impressive win for them just based off of, you know, the talent of both the teams. They were pretty evenly matched. Um, another note of something that I think is going to maybe change some things is I believe this past week is when Thomas Brown officially assumed play calling duties. Um, and obviously they didn't put up a ton of points, but it felt a little bit different just as a whole in terms of the way they were down on stuff, dialing things up. I thought Bryce young made some exceptional throws. Um, so I think that'll continue. I mean, they're obviously still going to lose plenty of games, but it feels like kind of getting this new play caller in here might, might it might rejuvenate a little bit not enough to do anything crazy but i think they're going to win some games coming in so my final standings for this one are saints falcons
2: buccaneers panthers
0: yeah so you could say i'm dying on this hill but i saw the falcons winning the south and i still have them with the same record i had them going into the year 10-7
2: Taylor Heineke comes
0: in. I think he's going to provide some juice. And he's a winner. Some
2: consistency
1: as well. Some consistency.
0: Yeah, he's a winner. He won in Washington. He led them to the playoffs, I think, twice. So, I don't know. Yeah, it's it's right that, there. The formula's there. They just need to put it together. I'm not a big QB
1: wins guy, but there are some guys that like override that thought. And Heineke's one of them. It's, he, he just, he, they just win games when he plays quarterback. I don't know.
0: Right, and that's what I said in the beginning of the season. I said if Desmond Ritter can play careful yeah. football and like manage the game well, which he hadn't been so far, then I think they're going to win a lot of games. So I think Heineke can do that. So at least... This- Heineke's not a long-term answer, clearly, but I think for a certain stretch, which the, you know there, there were... They got like eight, nine games left. They uh, I think they can put it together and win this division. It's a weak division still, like as we anticipated. So Falcons at 10 and 7. I right, had the Saints at 9 and 8. The, the Saints are so frustrating. They've looked so bad some weeks and so good some weeks. So you really don't know what you're gonna get out of them on a weekly basis. But again, weak division. I think they can pile up some wins, finish above 500. Bucks I have at six and eleven. It was such a fluke in the beginning of the it was, year. It was. I
1: I bought into it for like a couple of weeks, and it it it's all come crashing down very quickly.
0: I bought into it in terms of like maybe them finishing like eight and nine, but I yeah. still think they're probably a six win team now. And then I have the yeah. Panthers figuring out a little bit like you, but not quite as high of them five and twelve. Yep. Uh, I do think that Bryce Young is getting a little bit better each week and. I have them on my dynasty team, so I hope that continues to be the case, and I think it will. And certainly, don't write them off yet. It's it's tough to succeed year one in the NFL. Not too many guys do it. So next year's could certainly be better. But I have them five and twelve, rounding out the South. On to the NFC East.
2: Good old NFC East. Um.
1: All right. I have the Eagles winning the division. 12-5. Um, this, I think 12-5 and five is the record that I gave for them going into this season, if I'm not mistaken. Um, I still got them finishing there. Uh, this clearly has not been as dominant of an Eagles team as it was last year. Um, but at the same time, I would say there really hasn't been a single team in the NFL this year that has come out and been dominant. So I can't fault them too much for not being dominant when there isn't any other team that's doing it. Um and yeah, I don't know. It, it feels like the offense is getting better and better as the weeks go by. The defense is very hit or miss, but in general has been a hit. Uh, the defensive line on any given week can be the best unit on the field. Um, they have a very very hard schedule coming in, um, and I think they're gonna. You know, they'll they'll take a few losses. But I'm at a point where I, I mean, obviously these next few weeks are really gonna test it. But I. I'd be shocked if they're not at least competitive in all these games. I think they're just as good, if not better, than every team in the, in the NFL. So I think 12-5 and five is a fair record considering this, this gauntlet that they have to go through. So I got them winning the division. I got the Cowboys coming in next, obviously, because they're the only other team at this point that really matters in this division. Um, I have them finishing at 11-6. Um, the Cowboys worry me a little bit as an Eagles fan. Um, the defense is as good as it gets uh on a week-to-week basis micah parsons is arguably the best defensive player in the nfl along with miles garrett tj watt being in that conversation but just one of these guys that can legit take over a game at, at a moment's notice um they've had no issues uh replacing trayvon diggs deron bland who we mentioned uh when we did our uh i guess all surprise team um the other week uh he's been awesome had another pick six uh this past week just they've they've been solid top to bottom on defense. The offense has gone back and forth. Tony Pollard has been very underwhelming, um, and I think the play calling in general with McCarthy at the helm is, you know, it's it's been up and down. But as a whole, they still just have they have a lot of talent on on this roster. CeeDee Lamb's as good as it gets as a receiver. Dak, at his best, is without a doubt in my mind like a top, I don't know, like six seven quarterback when 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 he's on his A game. He he can make every throw. Um so I think like just the talent level of this team is going to kind of carry them which I think is the case for a lot of teams in the NFC with so many just like really weak teams. So Dallas 11 and 6 Commanders I think they're going to I think we're going to see them alter a whole lot. Um You know what? In the moment I'm going to change this actually. I'm going to have the Giants coming in at third. I'm I'm, I'm going to switch a game over. Yeah, I'm I'm going to switch a game over between them. Um, I'm going to have the Giants finishing at 6-11. and 11. Um, I think they'll find a way to win some games still, but I don't know. I mean, we, we talked about them coming into this year. I, I I think we all kind of thought they were in for a rude awakening in terms of how good their team actually is. I didn't expect it to be this rude of an awakening, um, but it's been rude nonetheless. Uh, Darren Waller is now projected to miss a couple weeks, I think, with a hamstring injury. Not that that really matters because they really haven't been able to get in the ball at all. But uh obviously that's a guy one less guy to worry about for opposing defenses. Um this just isn't this just isn't a good football team. Daniel Jones uh certainly hasn't uh proven that he's worth the money that he was paid. Got hurt, so that always makes it tough. Um just not talented. They traded Leonard Williams away, which is a pretty good sign that they kinda realize what, what level they're at right now. So yeah, six and eleven, just not a good team. And then I got the commanders coming in at five and twelve. I only have them them win in two more games. Uh the best part of their team they just traded away two of those guys so I mean an already bad team getting worse with uh, offense that has been one of the most up and down in football it almost to me it almost feels like the only good games they've played have been against the Eagles I think which maybe isn't the best sign for the Eagles but also just shows how weird the NFL is uh, so yeah they're they stink they're blowing it up it's clear that the ownership has decided what direction they want to go in, and that is the complete opposite direction of Ron Rivera and others.
0: So, yeah, Eagles, Cowboys, Giants, Commanders. I made a live amendment as well. Yeah, as you were same talking, kind of. Well, you'll, yeah. you'll 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 see in a second. But I have the Eagles number one at thirteen and four. You mentioned they're they're not as dominant last year, but at the end of the day, they have one loss and we're entering Week Nine. Yeah, so not bad. Not bad. I mean, I mean, yeah, they're not undefeated like they were last year. Through at this point, but they're very close to that. So thirteen and four schedule gets tough, but I think they'll weather the storm. And they're pretty much exactly the team I thought they'd be. I had the Cowboys at ten and seven, uh, one less win than you have them having. But echoing the same points, it's a talented team. They're, they've got a solid floor. I mean, I really can't see them finishing worse than 10-7, and seven, barring a significant injury. So I I feel pretty comfortable with that. I had I had the Commanders tying another team, but I took away that tie and gave them a loss. So I bumped them down a half a game, I guess you could say. Uh, I have them at 7-10. And I made this before... The like the before they made the uh Montez, what I don't know, whatever one came second, I don't remember if it was Montez, Sweater, Chase Young. Montez I think it was, was young. first,
1: I and mean, then Chase Young was like an hour later, if I remember
0: correctly. Okay, so obviously, I was hiring the commanders. If you take away two of their best defensive front players, it's gonna hinder that. So, seven and ten, they'll, they'll, I feel like they'll sneak out some wins that they probably shouldn't, but. I don't know. I can't have them too much higher in good faith. And the Giants suck. I have them at 5-12. and 12. I wish I could it's have them really lower. Good. I, 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 I wish I could to, have them too, lower. It just, it's Negative bad. team passing yards in a game. <laughs> Negative team passing yards. They yeah. are awful. I just, I mean, they, last year was such a fluke. Such a fluke. This team I'm is like, sucks. And they're they were abysmal like, to watch. And I hate that we got so many primetimes games of the yeah, sorry team the beginning of, of the year. Waste uh, of our time. Waste of our time. Yeah, and, like, and like, I, we,
1: we kind of had them in the same bucket as the Vikings coming into the year, just because like, we felt like they got their wins kind of didn't match the, the skill level of the team. But I don't know, man, like the, the Vikings have at least been able to like grind out wins. And like Kirk cousins has been like, was playing well before the injury. Like the Giants have no ground to stand on this season in terms of what they've done well.
0: I apologize to the Vikings. That is insulting to you that we, if we even talked about them in the same realm, I just, I, I want to have them not winning a game the rest of the year. I didn't, based on the way I predicted this, this thing on the, on the website, but I'm just getting all flustered. I just, I'm so sick of the Giants. They suck. It'll be, it'll be a very interesting offseason for them. Yeah blow it up I don't care that I don't care that they paid Daniel Jones or Brian Dable one coach of the year last year Get rid of them all Start a new yep. Team sucks I don't know why I got so passionate About the Giants there no, but I, no, I, anyway I love, it. I love it Uh NFC West our final division Before we'll get to awards and playoffs
2: Yeah
0: Um
1: I really tossed and turned On this one Uh as I, I think you might have too, but I also know that you were a little lower on the Niners coming into the season. So you have, you've actually you've been you've been vindicated a bit so far, I would say. Um, with all that being said, I am still going to have the Niners winning the division. I'm going to have them at 11 and six. Um, I it, I really wanted to go against them, but I do think that some injuries have certainly played a factor in this in this bit of a, a losing streak for them. Um, specifically Trent Williams, um, and then you lose to the Bengals this past week. Uh, Bengals dominated them, but I, I think they just ran into a team that's kind of like really finding their groove. I think still at their core, this Niners team is very good, top to bottom, really good roster. Purdy I think is starting to get you know shown a little of like what he kind of truly is. At the same time, I think the machine that is this Niners team is going to be able to right the ship a little bit. At least for the regular season, enough to give them to to get them in as the division winner. Um, playoffs will be a different story, obviously, as it has been for them for many years now. But I think they'll be able to find their way into the finish line for a division win. So I'm going to have them at 11 and six. I'm going to have the Seahawks at 10 and seven. I love the Seahawks team, man. Uh, it is funny, Mitchell. I was thinking about it. Like Geno Smith has made some just poor decisions, kind of throughout the year but at the same time watching like some of his throws is it fair remember when i made the bold prediction of a uh, smith uh like it was there was the smith bet with devonte and gino being all pros I, yes i so far this season like gino's played like more of an all pro than Devontae has i would say at times um he he makes some throws man that are just like unbelievable like just like crazy accuracy crazy arm strength i know he still makes some dumb decisions here and there but like he, they have gotten the absolute most out of him, and it's it's so impressive. And I, I love this defense too. Like they week to week, they haven't been like absolutely dominant, but that duo of Tariq Woolen and Devon Witherspoon is is going to be so so fun to watch throughout the years here. Um, but even like we're we're seeing the immediate like dividends off of that Witherspoon pick. He's been awesome so far. So I like this team a lot. I think the Niners are going to get an over him, but at the same time. I would argue that I think the Seahawks could maybe might in the long run be a better team. I don't know. It, it, it's a weird thought, but I got them ten and seven. Rams, uh, I think kind of on the same level as the Bucks. Kinda we 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 might have taken the cheese too early, and now they're starting to fall back to reality a little bit. I have them at six and eleven. Um Stafford's been balling out. He's been fantastic. Obviously, Puka's really come along, and they clearly have get another receiver to kind of build off of as the years go on here. But I think the overall talent level of this team is starting to really, really show itself. Like you it, it, I think watching these games now, it's become more obvious that like Matt Stafford needs to play like on like a top three quarterback in the league type of level for them to really look good in games, I think. And we saw it against Dallas. As soon as he doesn't look like he's on his a game, it, it's game over and it was really game over. Um, yeah, so so I got them coming in at uh 6 and 11. And the Cardinals, they are they are who we thought they were. They've been feistier than I expected them to be, but just still not a good team. Um I only got them winning one more game coming in, into. I got them 2 and 15. I think that's what I had them at the beginning of the year. I I don't really have mu- I don't have any like stats to back it up. It just it it feels like they're just going to keep finding ways to lose games. Um so I th- I think they'll continue to do that. So I'm going Niners, Seahawks, Rams, Cardinals.
0: Yeah, I had the Seahawks winning the division in the I preseason. Wanted to. I, I, wanted I still to. have them winning the division yeah. at 11-6. and six. Uh, I think Geno is ex- playing the type of season that I anticipate him to. Still good, but some regression from last year. But they're yeah. still 5-2. and two. And like we said a few minutes ago, they bring in Leonard Williams. So that could definitely reinforce the defensive line. And they got two games against the Niners. So they can definitely either split or, for their sake, sweep them. That would definitely go a long way in terms of winning this division. And they play on Thanksgiving night. So that's going to be really, really fun. Um, They play in Seattle, I believe. I'm not 100% certain. But I know they play on Thanksgiving. I just forget where. That'll be a lot of fun. And I have the Niners also at 11 and 6. And it's what I said. I mean, Trent Williams doesn't play and Brock Purdy looks bad. I said that. If they're one Trent Williams yep. injury away from having problems. And I, that's exactly what's happened. So, Niners, I mean, they're still a great team. They're, they'll be in the playoffs. Um, I have the Rams at 8 and 9. And that is pretty much pending on the seriousness of Matthew Stafford's injury. He's in danger of missing this week. So if it's just this week, then I think they could float around five hundred on maybe in eight eight win range. But if he's out for an extended period of time, obviously that that that's gonna you know, they're not winning eight games at that point. So but I think if he's healthy, they could they could get around that mark. Cardinals I have four and thirteen. Uh I, I think Kyler coming back will definitely be an upgrade. I know Josh Jobs played Pretty well, but I think Kyler's going to be good. It's going to, you know, they're not going to blow the doors off anyone, but I think they'll they'll stack up some wins. I do think that the way I have it here, I know if you have them two and fifteen, you definitely have them as the as the number one overall pick. But I have three teams tied for at at four and thirteen. So them, the Bears and the Raiders. So I don't know the tiebreakers of that, but they could certainly, they, they could still be um, number one pick with my prediction here. So I got Seahawks, Niners, Rams, Cardinals, uh, rattle off your NFC seedings.
1: Yeah. So, th- so this is where it got interesting when I looked at everything after I finished everything. Uh, I never thought I'd say this, but just based off of schedule and the way it all worked out, my number one NFC seed is the lions at 13 and four. Um, wow. so I have, a, Everything's running through Detroit uh, in, 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 my, in my eyes at the moment. Uh, I got Eagles at the 2, 12 and 5. I got the Niners at the 3 at 11 and 6. I got the Saints at the 4 at 9 and 8. Obviously not good, but winning the division. Um, Cowboys in the first wild card spot at 11 and 6. Seahawks in the second at 10 and 7. And then just the way it worked out, and I think in the NFC it makes sense, I actually have the Falcons getting a playoff spot at 8 and 9.
0: Oh my god, that's disgusting. It
1: is, but, and, and like, think about coming into the season saying that the NFC South would have two teams.
0: (laughs) Yeah, that's, that's, uh,
1: but it's kind of worked out that way.
0: Yeah. And I'm going to list off here, but I'll spoil a little bit. I have two NFC South teams in the playoffs too. I have, uh, the Eagles at the one at 13 and four. I have Detroit at two at 12 and five. I have the Seahawks at three at 11 and six, and I have the Falcons at four at 10 and seven. Then I have the Niners at the 5 seed at 11 and 6, the Cowboys at the 6 at 10 and 7, and then the Saints at the uh, 7 seed at 9 and 8. We have the same teams, just different, different rankings. Right, exactly. All right, before we get to the playoffs, let's rattle off some awards. And we don't have to spend too much time on it. We can just kind of go through it quickly. But who do you got for uh, Coach of the Year at this point?
1: Yeah, I I think this year is a little bit different than last year where I think last year they it ended up being a situation where it was stable with a team that we didn't think was going to be good that really overperformed. This time I'm going with a guy that I think we thought they were going to be good but not this good. I just talked about my number one seed. I'm, I'm giving it to, uh, to Dan Campbell this year. I'm giving it to Dan Campbell. Um, I think this award for him is going to be more based off of just the – like the consistent growth of this team. Like I said, I think we all have ex- expected the lines to be good this year, but they've been like very, very good top to bottom. And I think he deserves all the credit in the world for the job that he's done. Not only changing just how this team works, but just the culture in general of this, of that entire like city at this point, like it, it's really impressive. I think he deserves it this year.
0: Ditto. Everything you just said. I have Dan Campbell as well. I believe I saw, on Monday Night Football, I think they're 14-3 and three in their last 17 games. Nuts. Alliance. Yeah, that's it's the Lions. I know. Yeah, it's an exciting time to be an Alliance fan. Comeback Player of the Year. Yeah, I
2: mean, we... It is. <laughs> um, can you give it to... Uh, I
0: mean, like... I, I, I'll go right now. I have Hamlin. I have Hamlin, yeah. and there, there's a... He played. He did. He did. And that's what we thought the requirement was. Yeah. And They'll like, I'm looking at the
1: odds. I'm looking at the odds again, in my opinion, the only like two is up there. And I know the concussions were a big thing. I, if I was going to put my money anywhere, Reese hall's not a bad, a bad little bet. He's been awesome this year. And I'm like, I mean, we expect him to still come back, but from that big injury last year, it's never a guarantee with running backs. And he, he's been great. So I, he would be one of the ones that I would consider, but I, I still think it's going to be Hamlin.
0: Yeah, that story just is, was way too big for him not to win this award.
1: Yeah, and, like, I mean, if we're, if we're taking it very literally, like, he, he has come back from,
0: like... Near from death.
1: Yeah. yeah. So,
2: I, yeah, mm-hmm. it's got to be him. I don't know. Defensive Rookie of the Year. Um, It's interesting. Very interesting. I think like two weeks ago this wasn't
1: even a question. Now I think there's a little more of a question and the odds have certainly reflected that. Um I'm an Eagles fan, so I'm still gonna I'm 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 obviously gonna I'm gonna say Jalen Carter. Um Devon Witherspoon's making a a heck of an argument. Um but I mean when he's played, he obviously he got hurt uh midway through this last game and he also he's missed a week, but he practiced in full or would have practiced in full today. They had a walkthrough, but they said he's like all good to go now. Um, He's been as dominant as they come, and he's doing it on a snap count that isn't anywhere near where I think it's going to end up maybe by the end of the season. Um, just, like, can completely take over a line of scrimmage. Uh, he did it in college, and he's already doing it in the NFL. Just a complete game-wrecker. And, uh, I mean, you said it before. We, we know why he fell, but he, he fell into the absolute perfect perfect position, and uh, the Eagles are showing exactly why they took took the risk on him. So
0: I'm giving it to Carter still. I had Carter, but I switched it to Witherspoon just just yeah. to have some, some I variety. Uh, I
1: know I, I, I to, wanted to, but I, I couldn't do it as an Eagles fan, but I wanted to.
0: I liked him coming in, and he has backed it up. So I think they'll continue to surge. The Seahawks will just get better and better as the year goes on and
2: show some love to Witherspoon. Offensive Rookie of the Year. I'm going to give it to Stroud. Um,
1: Puka obviously has been absolutely unreal, but I, I like I if I had to guess out of the two of them, who I think is maybe going to come back down to earth a little bit as the season progresses, I, I would lean towards Puka. Not because of his skill level whatsoever, but just because of the team that he's playing for, um, and the situation that that they're in. That I think, I mean, we we talked about with the Stafford injury, how serious is it? Even if it's not serious, it like kind of allowed like a guy of that age. Things even the tiniest of injuries can linger a little bit more, um, but I mean C.J. Stroud has exceeded I think pretty much all expectations. I um, he it's one of those things where like as much as I love Bryce Young and I still think Bryce Young would be a good quarterback. Looking back, maybe maybe Stroud was the maybe Stroud should have been one. Just as like prototypical of an NFL build as you can get, and he's he's making all the throws like just so in rhythm. Uh, like the timing's been incredible Um, like tight throws deep short he's hitting everything and I don't know like the this whole Texans coaching staff in general gets me excited for what he could turn into because if this is how good he looks this early I, I, I think it'll probably continue so I think he very much deserves it this year especially especially just because I feel like I mean obviously Puka wasn't talked about really at all coming into the season but I feel like had a lot more doubts than maybe he should have, looking back on it. So,
0: yeah, certainly, and they definitely tend to gravitate towards the quarterback. And yeah, we mentioned Stafford's injury, so that it's it's not totally reliant on Puka. You know, if Stroud falters, it kind of would be on his own yeah. uh, doing. But you know, Puka can't throw himself the ball at the end of the day, yeah. so he relies on Stafford's health. Defensive player of the year.
2: Yeah, I mean, it's a it's a three-horse race. Once again, the odds reflect
1: that big time. Um, I'm going to do this one based off of what I think will happen. I'm going to give it to Micah. Um, it feels like the time's been coming for a little bit, and while Miles Garrett and TJ Watt have both ha- had like absolutely incredible seasons, um, and like... Any of these three could win the award, and I'd be like, yeah, that's fair. That makes sense. Um, I'm just going to give it to Micah. He's young. He's only getting better um, as the years go on. He's turning into just an absolute game wrecker, and I I appreciate him just as an NFL fan just because of his size and how well he uses it. Like, I mean, Watt and Garrett aren't, aren't small guys by any means, and Micah obviously isn't a small guy. But considering what they're asking him to do as a pass rusher, like, the fact that he wins so consistently at his size is is ridiculously impressive. So I'm giving it to Micah. I hate doing it, but I'm giving it to Micah.
0: I have TJ Watt,
2: of course. He As
0: you should had, have. As you should. I think he's only had a half sack over the past two games, and he's still, I think, third
2: in the league. Pretty good. So TJ going to. I think he could I think he's going to break his own record. I'll say it right now. Wow.
0: I think he's going to do like it. it. I like it. He's just going to go absolute bananas, and that's going to be a reason why the Steelers will sneak into the playoffs. So that, that could happen. very well could happen. One shock if, if MVP wasn't just a quarterback award, oh, and, the, yeah. and and the Steelers, I mean, made, the yeah. and the Steelers <laughs> made the playoffs and the Steelers made the playoffs, and he broke his own record again, he should win the award. I would.
2: I would have no qualms. I would have no qualms. Offensive Player of the Year. It's chalk, but I'm going Tyreek. Like he's on a he's on like a record setting pace. Like
1: as insane as McCaffrey's been and as ridiculously good as AJ Brown has been, like, I feel like when it comes to like an offensive player of the year award like this, that the stats are gonna kinda what it's gonna come down to and I mean, if Tyreek manages to get to 2000, which is like a realistic possibility at this point, like it has to be Tyreek Hill. There's no one else that can win the award
2: if he gets to that number.
0: If a player had the stats that he has right now, it would be a good season. It would
2: be a very good season.
0: (laughs) So yeah, honestly, again this isn't even a year where there's been a quarterback that's like run away with it. Yeah. So honestly, I think Tyree Hill
1: There's an argument to be
0: made for sure. Yeah.
2: He
1: should be the MVP. I'm looking, at, I'm looking so. at, Oh, that's interesting. I'm looking at the MVP odds right now. We'll obviously get into it, but McCaffrey's odds are about half of what Tyree kills odds
2: are.
0: Yeah. It's just never been given to a receiver and it's hard yeah. to imagine if Cup didn't win it two years ago that someone yeah. else will, but there. it it should be him. It really should yeah. be. So I have Hill as
2: well. Uh, MVP. I'm going to be a homer. I'm going to be a homer. I'm going to go Jalen Hurts. Um, he was well on his way to winning
1: it last year. Got hurt for three games. Obviously, uh, Mahomes was also fantastic last year, so it still would have been a close race. but um, he the turnovers have been an issue. There's no denying the turnovers have been an issue. But my argument that I will make as to why I'm choosing him, and once again, the odds are reflecting it, there hasn't really been a quarterback so far this year that I think has like truly distanced himself in this race. So I mean, you're, you're kind of, you kind of have a bit of a log jam at the top right now and one benefit of this Eagles schedule is that if the Eagles go through and look good slash win a lot of these games coming through this gauntlet, and if Jalen Hurts looks good, I i don't know. I, I think he would have the best, I guess, resume, we'll say. Obviously, statistics have to come into play, and if he keeps turning the ball over, then we're going to have to have some conversations about that. But I think the games that he's going to have to get through – if they get through him and they look good, I think, I think he could certainly win this award.
0: Yeah, that makes sense. I think that, you know, I think, what well, was it, two weeks ago, we were sitting here saying how he has just as many interceptions as he has touchdowns, but past two weeks has really, um, yeah, you not know... not quite the case anymore. Right, exactly. I think it'll be Tua. Uh, I think it's a... Clearly, it's a very narrative-driven award. And that's part of the reason why I think Hamlin wins it. I don't think they're going to give two a comeback and MVP. A good point. So, that's very good. So that's why I think, I think Hamlin good. could get it. Uh, and if, and, you know, I mean, not, not that we like take it away from it. Like two is having a good year. And if he continues on this trajectory and the Dolphins yeah. are the one seed in the big yeah. bad AFC that has all these heavy hitters, like everyone's talking yeah. about the Chiefs, the Bengals, the Bills, but and the Dolphins come out ahead of all of them. Yeah, and to stays healthy for the entire season and puts up the numbers. Well, I was going to say if they
1: if they finish if they if they finish first in the AFC, then his his numbers are going to be gaudy. They're going to be
2: ridiculous.
0: Yeah, exactly. So I have uh, I have him winning MVP. Um, there. All right, playoff time. We can go through quickly this as well. do you want to do all the wild card rounds and go that way or just all the AFC and then all the NFC?
1: I feel like go through all of AFC and then all of NFC. Just, it'll be easier for me to keep track of, I think.
2: All right, go ahead.
1: So in the wild card, I have the Jags against the Browns. I have the Jags beating the Browns. I have, uh, the very fun bills versus Bengals matchup. Um, I'm going to, I'm still going to take the bills. Uh, that that would be a very interesting wild-card weekend matchup right there. I didn't even consider that. I didn't think about that one too deeply. But I'm still taking the Bills. I think they're going to round into form. And then I got the Ravens versus the Dolphins. And I will be taking the Ravens. I think their defense would stand up in that game. And I think the Dolphins would have a tough time being able to score as much as they'd like to. So that's going through that. Then I have the Chiefs going. I, I have all four of the top seeds advancing. So I got Chiefs Ravens. I got the Chiefs winning that game. I got Jags Bills. I'm changing. I had the Bills at the beginning of the year. I'm making my I'm making my big change. I have the Jags winning. Oh, I, I think the Jags are going to take that next step. Not necessarily because uh, I'll, I'll spoil it now. I, I I am going to have the Chiefs beating the Jags. Um, I have the Chiefs going back for me. The Dolphins have looked great, but none of these teams, in my opinion, have really distance themselves enough where I can feel confident not picking the chiefs to to move through this conference. But I think the Jags are going to take that next step into being like a very complete legitimate issue when it comes to playoff time. I think Doug Peterson has experience with it. I think T law is only going to get better as we go. I think they got a lot of experience in a short amount of time in those two games. You had that huge comeback against the chargers and then you lose to the chiefs in arrowhead. Um, I think, they're, I think they're just getting built for, uh, for playoff football, and I think they're going to kind of really start to prove it this year. So, Chiefs over the
0: Jags is my AFC title game. Wow, okay. So, yeah, you had the Bills as the AFC representative preseason, okay. and now you have them out in the uh, divisional round. And I
1: still like them. I still do. But I think the Jags are becoming a very interesting team in this
0: conference. So, I have the two-seeded Chiefs playing the seven-seeded Steelers. And I have the Chiefs winning. I didn't predict a score, but it'd probably be about forty-seven to six. Fair, (laughs) (laughs) yep, very fair. Uh, then I have the three-seeded Jags taking on the six-seeded Ravens. I have the Jaguars beating the Ravens, and then I also have the same matchup as you: four-seeded Bengals versus the five-seeded Bills in the wild card. Yeah, I have the four seeded Bengals beating the Bills Fair. for the second straight year in the playoffs. Yeah, from there I have the uh, let's see, hold on, did I do this wrong? No, I didn't. Sorry, I, I misread what I Good. what I typed there. I have the one seeded Dolphins mm-hmm. taking on the four seeded Bengals in Miami, the clash of the 2020 quarterback class: Tua versus Burrow. Yeah. And I have the Bengals beating the Dolphins. Then I have the two-seeded Chiefs hosting the three-seeded Jaguars in Arrowhead in the divisional round, just like last season. And just like last season, I have the Chiefs beating the Jags. And that brings me to the Bengals-Chiefs AFC Championship game for the third straight year. Always fun. Always fun. And I have the same result. As wow. the 2021 season, and I have the Bengals Ooh. going to the Super Bowl, which I had wow. in my preseason and I'm sticking to it so far. I think they're yeah. gonna find their rhythm and you know they're a team that's gonna get hot second half of the year and into the postseason. So that's the Bengals in the Super Bowl. Um once again. NFC for
2: you. Yes. Uh, I have the two seed Eagles going against the
1: seven seed Falcons, just a, uh, I think in this situation, it's unfortunate for the Falcons. I think the Eagles roll in that game. I have the, actually, a repeat of last year. I have Niners Seahawks. Um, and you know what, Mitchell? I was debating if I was going to stick with it. I'm going to stick with it just because, one, this is how I feel, and, two, this is what I really want to happen. I think the Seahawks are going to get some revenge. I got the Seahawks beating the Niners. Wow. Seahawks beating the Niners. And then I got the Cowboys going to the Saints. Um, I would love to pick the Saints. I unfortunately cannot do it, so I'll be taking the Cowboys in that game. So then we fast-forward to next week. Uh, we have the Lions going up against the Seahawks. Um, I'm going to have the Seahawks win in that game. Uh, I like this Lions team a lot. I think they're, they're well-built, but at the end of the day, it'll be a very inexperienced uh, playoff roster, besides the quarterback, obviously. But I think the Seahawks uh, are really good top to bottom, just as, maybe just as good as the Lions on paper at least, and I think they win that game. And then the real fun one, we got Eagles-Cowboys in Philly. Um, it kind of feels like one way or another this matchup might end up happening and it's probably going to end up happening in the playoffs, so that'll be quite the experience for me. Um, I got the Eagles winning the game. Uh, I think playoff Mike McCarthy is always fun. I think playoff Dak Prescott is always is always fun as well. Um, so yeah, I don't know at the link with that environment at that time of the year. I think the Seagulls team is really going to be fine in their form. I think they'll win that game. So we come to the NFC championship game. We have the Eagles versus the Seahawks. Um, and I think we're going to get a, I think we're getting a repeat of last year. It doesn't happen much in the NFL, if
2: at all. I think we're getting it this time. I think we're getting Eagles chiefs part two. All
0: right. Very nice. I have the two-seated Lions taking on the seven-seated Saints at Ford Field in Detroit, and I have the Lions coming out on top. I have the four-four seed. No, sorry, the three-seated Seahawks taking on the six-seated Cowboys Ooh. in Seattle, and I have the Seahawks beating the Cowboys. Oh, I love it! I love it. And then I have the. Uh, four-seeded Atlanta Falcons taking on the five-seeded 49ers in Atlanta, and I have uh, the Niners winning that one. That would bring us to a divisional round matchup between the Eagles and Niners and the Lions and Seahawks. Ooh, fun. So I have the uh, Niners traveling to Philadelphia to face the Eagles, and I have the Eagles moving on, similar to last year in the NFC Championship game. And the Lions Seahawks is interesting because this game would be in Detroit. They played in Detroit Week uh, Two or no it, Week Four? It was Week Two, like right?
2: It
1: was, it was either it was something. Uh, it was early. It might have yeah. been two.
0: Game went to overtime and the Seahawks won. So very close. Could have went either way last time. And I have the Lions coming out on top this time and advancing to the wow. NFC Championship game. What a sentence! I know, right? That is just. Crazy. Uh, unfortunately, their magical run will come to an end when they travel to Philadelphia. Uh, they will take a loss to the Eagles. The Eagles will move on to the Super Bowl once again. And uh, I have Eagles-Bengals in the Super Bowl. So Which is tend- exactly, exactly what I had preseason. I didn't really yeah. feel any reason to sway at this point now that I've kind of seen the Bengals kind of regain their form a little bit. So... Yeah, I swayed on the Bills. I did sway on the Bills.
2: And who do you got? I think they get their revenge. I think they get their revenge. I
1: was was hesitant coming into the season with them just because of all the changes. And while it hasn't been as pretty, we keep talking about it. I mean, there hasn't been a single team in the league that has necessarily looked pretty throughout the entire season. I keep finding ways to win games. This offense uh, is as good as it gets. The defensive line is as good as it gets. I think they'll get their revenge. I got
0: the Eagles winning it.
1: Will I regret saying this? Probably, but
0: that's how I feel. Well, I have the Eagles as well. And uh, I believe that is a, we both did in the regular, in the preseason. Uh, just you had a different yep. AFC representative. Yeah. And uh, interesting. I wonder what Jack would have thought. We don't get his thoughts here in his midseason prediction. I think he had Bills over Seahawks in the
2: Super
1: Bowl. He did. I feel like he definitely wouldn't sway on the Seahawks. I'd be interested to see if he would have swayed on the Bills.
0: You'd definitely ask him. Um, So, unfortunately, Hogline Nation won't hear, but potentially we could. Um, All right, that's our mid-season predictions. We'll see how that ages throughout the second half of the season, and we'll go from there. Mm -hmm. It is time for the picks. Let's recap how we did last week,
2: if I can get it up here. So
0: Jack is still in first, although he went one and two last week. He had the Chiefs minus seven and a half. They lost outright to the Broncos, and he had the Steelers plus two and a half, fading Shreff, and the Jags win comfortably. However, Shref cannot get his totals in order. And okay. Jack faded him there, and he went Chiefs Broncos under forty six that hit. So Jack goes one and two in the week, bringing his record to thirteen and eleven on the season, still in first. I also went one and two, so not a great week for me either. I picked the Rams plus six and a half. good one genius that was not even close. I had the Dolphins minus nine and a half though. that was uh that wasn't too sweaty that that hit comfortably. However, the one I was very confident in was my total Bucks bills over 42 and a half. And, of course, what does the total get to, Shreff? 42. Exactly. So Vegas always knows. They do. Shreff, surprisingly, did the best out of all three of us. He goes one, (laughs) one, and one. He has the Jets to cover three. They won by three. So that's a push. Oh, yeah. Jags minus two and a half. That hit comfortably. And then we mentioned the total the Chiefs, Broncos did not go over 46. There and uh, Shref brings his record to 518 and one. There we go. We're chugging along. Positive <laughs> momentum. So uh-huh. just to recap, Jack's 13 and 11. I'm 12 and 12, dead even at 500. And Shref's 518 and one. Since Jack's not here, he has sent me some picks. So I guess we'll just go and we'll kind of sure. you know not necessarily how we should be doing things considering he's in first but i'll go you give two picks i'll give my two and then you go again and then we'll let jack you know the dust will settle dust will settle however it lands so scraps yeah I will go first uh and my pick my first pick I have three spreads that I liked mm-hmm. so I'm trying to think of which way I'll go but I think I'll go with the one that came to me right away. And I'm going to be picking a team that I picked two weeks ago and it worked out for me. I'll be going with the Eagles minus three against the Cowboys. And I'm just making sure it is still three. I don't know if you have Fandle up right now, but I'm pulling it up. Uh, It's still three. Okay. So, yeah, I'll be going with the Eagles minus three at home against Dallas. Since 2021, that's when Hertz became the full time starter and Sirianni took over as the head coach. The Eagles are 11 four and two against the spread as home favorites, which is the best in the league in that span. And I just overall feel like the Eagles are a better team. And I just, the Eagles are home. I just don't see the Cowboys really, I think it'll maybe be a little bit close, but I think the Eagles will definitely win by three in my opinion. And just further, uh, you know, vindication, I guess of this is I had a dream last week that the Cowboys were going to go on a five game losing streak. And obviously they didn't lose last week. So maybe I was a week off and they're losing streak. will start this week. So Eagles minus three.
1: There you go. I like you. It. I've been pretty successful on doing these picks. I'm I'm certain. I'd, I'd much prefer you take it than me. That's for sure.
0: All right. Oh, well, I got it out of the way for you. So what do you got here?
1: Two in a row. I, I appreciate that. You don't even give me the temptation of doing it to myself. Right. Um, this is just a, uh, th- this first one, this is the first one that jumped out to me. Um I understand it. It's gonna be a really good game and it's one that I'm gonna be sweating and it's also not um it's gonna be on neutral turf. I'm taking the Chiefs minus one and a half against the Dolphins. It's in Germany, so it's gonna be a weird one for sure. We know that. But I'm trusting my eyes on this one in terms of what I've seen from the Dolphins when they've played uh some some better teams. Um they've gotten manhandled a little bit. Um, I think the Chiefs are going to come in very, very angry. They certainly have not been playing the way they would like to be playing. Um, Dolphins kind of back to riding high a little bit after that after the Eagles' loss. So yeah, definitely, like I said, going to be a weird one because it's in Germany. So I'm not, I'm not taking like any like home field advantage into it at all. I just think the Chiefs, the Chiefs are pretty much a pick 'em here with a minus one and a half. So if you're going to give me the Chiefs with this low of a spread, I'm gonna, I'm gonna take the Chiefs. So that's gonna be my first one.
0: I like it just because Dolphins won big last week, Chiefs lose to a bad team. Yeah. It I feel like, like a people good feels like a good spot. Yeah, so I I, I I definitely get the philosophy there. I think I really could see it go either way, but considering that, I, I feel like the Chiefs could maybe edge them out a little bit. so if If it was Chiefs
1: like minus like three and a half, I probably would have stayed away from it, but the fact that it's basically a pick 'em, I was like, I'm, I'm basically just betting on the Chiefs to win here. Right. I say that they'll probably win by one just with the way this is
0: <laughs> yeah uh you know, how uh, this, goes. You know how this goes yeah i do all too well um your second pick
1: yeah i'm debating if i want to take a really really ugly one
0: like a real
1: ugly one the ugly games need love too they do but i don't know if i want to give them the love because i don't really have the room to be giving them the love <laughs> fair you know what? Am what am I doing? I'm five and eighteen. I might I might as well just pick it. It hasn't made a difference this year. I'm doing it. Uh, this is so gross. I'm taking the Panthers plus two and a half at home against the Colts. Uh, it's gross. It's real gross. Yeah, um, it is. Yeah, it's gross. I said uh, the the new play caller Thomas Brown's come in. I think it's going to bring a little bit of juice to the team. Uh, I think they, you know, I. Do I think they're a good team? Not whatsoever. I do think getting that first win out of the way kind of takes a lot of pressure off the shoulders, going to let them pre- play a little bit more free. You got the home field advantage. Indianapolis is still trying to figure out what they are with Anthony Richardson not being their quarterback. I said it when we were doing our predictions. Uh, I think they're a team that's kind of gotten worse as the season goes on. I think that'll kind of continue a little bit. And yeah, I I don't think uh, the Panthers are going to like blow them out by any means, but I I. Could very much see the Panthers winning this game. So at home getting points, I'm gonna I'm gonna take them. It's gonna be it's probably gonna be a sweat the whole way, but Yeah, was. I
0: really I really don't know how to feel about that game. I was not even thinking about it because I'm I'd be very undecided. So oh I don't way. know how to feel about
1: that. My eye. I don't know why it caught my eye, but it caught my eye. I think it's because there's there's a lot of like fun games this weekend. So for some reason I was like I was scared to bet on all the fun
0: games, so I was looking at the ugly ones and I was like, oh, this one stands out a All right. So I'm going to be going with the Pennsylvania special and taking the Steelers minus two and a half. I like it. I, okay. Here's my, here's my stat here. Uh, since 2007, which is Tomlin's time as the head coach, the Steelers are 53, 40 and one against the spread after a loss, which is the sixth best in the league in that span since 2007. Short week, as we mentioned earlier, in Pittsburgh. So that means the Titans have to travel on a short week to Pittsburgh. Kind of banking on Levis's performance to be a fluke, as I said earlier on in the show. And also, you know, I, I feel like for me, I have a good pulse on whether the Steelers are going to win or not. I think so far this year, I, I know what I've predicted each game win loss uh, preseason. The only game I was off on was. Uh, the Ravens game, I thought we were going to actually lose that one, and we ended up winning it. And same with I actually had us losing to the Raiders and beating the Texans, but we flopped that. Um, we beat the Raiders and we lost to the Texans. So overall, I feel like I've had a pretty good pulse on whether we're going to win or not. And I know we're we're laying two and a half points, but the first step to covering that two and a half is winning the game. So I do think we're going to win. So that at least gets us to you know covering one point. So from there, we just need to win by a field goal. It'll be close. Steelers games are always ugly and close like that. So sure, it'll be uh, sweaty. But uh, I'll be going with the Steelers minus two and a half. I want to get it out of the way. And hopefully, I'm having a good night this time tomorrow. So give me the Steelers. I like picking the Steelers and Eagles. I think that's pretty pretty funny how that worked out. Yeah, enjoy that. All right, so Steelers. And I always like picking the Eagles, too because it's just i said it last time i picked them if, if it hits then you know i win it's i get a point, a point here in this but if i have these
1: hedge it's an emotional hedge.
0: Right. yeah exactly now total i'm split between two games and i can't decide which one i think i have mine so i'm, I'm hoping you don't go with it but I'll, I'll preface it with this i've picked overs the last three weeks and I'm owing I'm 0-3 in the overs in those three weeks. And last year I was so big on unders and also in Fair. the beginning of this year. So I gotta go back to the well. I'm I'm an oh, unders nothing. guy. I just gotta Good. I gotta roll with that. All right, I think I made up my mind. I'm gonna go with the under in the Germany game. Okay. Dolphins Chiefs under 50 and a half. To, I think it's the highest of the weekend. I mean so. they dolphins are rolling, but the Chiefs games this year are six and two to the under. And their defense has been playing really good. So maybe they can shut down the Dolphins. So I like that one. And I will reveal once you're done and we say Jack's picks what my honorable mentions are.
1: All right. I'm going, I'm going under 40 and a half in the Monday night game. Chargers-Jets. Um, I think any Jets game where an over-under is uh, even hovering around 40 is kind of ridiculous in my opinion. Um I know this Chargers defense can be up and down, but uh like just on paper, man. It's a Monday night game. The Jets offense has been just in complete disarray. Uh and their defense has just continued to be really good. Um I think we talked about it with we talked about how with that Bears win, people are going to get high on the Chargers. I think the Jets could give them a a, a little a good old dose of reality a little bit maybe. Um, so it's not a high po- point total at 40 and a half, obviously. It's, it, it's on the lower side for sure. But I like just thinking about it in my head, I don't, I don't see a way where this could, I don't know, I don't see a situation where, where both teams are able to score that much. Don't say that. That can always happen. I know, I know it can, and it, it has many, pretty
2: much every single time I've bet one this year. But I don't know. Feels too high. Feels too high. Alright. Fair enough. Alright, so for Jack's picks... Is there I an accident? Say,
0: I want to say that I lied. Um, he didn't send me any picks. He told oh. me, blindly, full fade you. Ah. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, I, he, he was so not going, deterred yeah, I got it. by yeah, you so going 1-1-1 one, one, and one last week. He is just... Fully leaning into this, even more so now, more than ever. And uh, that's Jack's picks. He told me, he told me, here, I'll read his exact text to me. Yeah, I I do want to hear the context of this because I do have a response,
1: but but I, I want to hear the context. He might, he might save himself with the context here.
2: He won't.
0: He said, I'll just fade shrift whenever you get to the picks. Just say, I sent you a ranking of all the games but at the end review. I'm actually going with the system fade of Shreff play. Okay. My, my rebuttal to this
1: is that I think instead of a system fade Shreff play, I, I, I think there's a touch of I didn't feel like looking at the lines.
0: Oh, saying he's lazy.
1: Uh, that would be my only rebuttal. Now, I will say, at the same time, it's a great strategy. I got no issue with the strategy. I think it's smart. Also, considering the fact that I don't feel like great about my picks, which I never do.
0: Um, I, 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 might, I might side with you in the laziness here, because here's, wh- here's what I responded to that. I said, okay, what if my picks fade shrift? Like, I'm not going to do it intentionally, but what if it happens naturally? Didn't answer. So he's not giving us the time of day, That's what I'm concluded. concluding. My only
1: rebuttal. Like I said, I think it's a smart play. I have no
0: issue with it. Hey, I, I hope you go 3-0, and and I hope he goes 0-3 as a result.
1: So I think it I, I think it would have been funnier if his picks just naturally were fades. <laughs> I think that would have, been, yeah.
0: That would have been that, yeah, that's true, if it happened naturally. But as a result, uh, Jack will be going with the Dolphins plus one and a half, <laughs> you <know>? the Colts <laughs> minus two and a half, uh-huh. and the over in the yeah, uh, Monday yeah. night game between the Chargers and the Jets, over 40 and a half.
1: I, I did Ro- it to myself again where I'm going to be rooting for
0: an awful game of football, which is never fun, but... Hey, if the Jets are involved, there's a good chance it may be. Um, Okay, just to recap all of it here, I have the Eagles minus three, Steelers minus two and a half, and the Dolphins Chiefs under 50 and a half. Shrefs has the Chiefs minus one and a half, the uh, Panthers plus two and a half, and the Chargers Jets under 40 and a half, and Jack, full fade. Dolphins plus one and a half, Colts minus two and a half, and the Chargers Jets over 40 and a half. Any other we games? Of, we have a lot of
1: skin in the Dolphins Chiefs
0: game. A lot, yes. It's involved in all three of our picks. Yeah. Um. What you may not have any honorable mentions, considering you didn't feel too confident in your actual picks, but anything else that you were actually thinking about.
1: I wanted to jump in on that Seahawks Ravens game, but that's like a it's like an unstoppable what is it an immovable object versus an unstoppable force? I think I. One of my, like, my only win for a while was the Ravens, and then I started betting on them and then against them, and I think I lost both. And then we know my history uh, with Meet Carol. Um, My intention was going to be Seahawks, but I couldn't pull the trigger just because I feel like I, those
2: two teams haunt me.
0: Yeah, that that was probably a good stay-away game for
2: you. Um...
0: I only had, I was thinking about the Raiders minus one and a half, considering what we said about the interim head coach yeah, yeah. theory. Just uh, such an I did it last year with Jeff Saturday and it worked out, yeah. but I, I re pulled up the numbers and it was, uh, they're 15 and nine. These are teams that are playing their first game with the interim head coach 15 yeah. and nine against the spread and straight up since 2010. So I do like the Raiders a lot. I had a passionate 30 second mini rant about how bad the giants are. So, you know, I'll bet against the Giants until further notice. And the total, the other total I was thinking about was the under in the Sunday night game between the uh, Bills and the Bengals. I think people, myself included, think the Bengals are back, but I don't know. I can just see, like... I can just see this going under no other reason besides that, but it's I like also, the under it, in that one.
1: It's also one of the situations where it's like, it's it's just like a, it's like best on best. I don't know. I, I, I could see that oddly turning into like a weird defensive battle.
0: Yeah. All right, folks, that is our show. A little bit of a long one today. hope you enjoyed and uh, let us know what you think about our predictions and what you think about this new Jack ref rivalry. Um, a lot of trash talking here. So, oh, yeah, We'll see who comes out on top and go from there. I need, I want, I want, mean, I think Jack was being a little disrespectful, so I hope you sweep him, but also would also What's help me out if he goes 0-3. So I'll, it I'll would. It
1: that is the risk he's taking in it. I mean, realistically, there's a decent chance it'll pay off, but that is the risk he's taking is that the blind fade could lead to you
0: maybe somehow jumping out to a little bit of a lead. Right, and I mean, if he keeps doing this – this is, you know, you're so far deep in this hole. I feel like the only yeah. way you're going to get out of it is if there's some big momentum swings like this, you know? Well, and so, that's, it's,
1: it's also at a point where like I'm playing for pride because like realistically there's really no possible way that I could even like get back into this, I don't think. unless
0: well, like, I'm, But I'm saying though, if, if it's a full fade, that means he goes 0-3, you go 3-0. That's a big swing. Yeah. It's not like you're going it 3-0 is. and he's going like 2-1. So yeah, that's a, that's a like good way for you to make up ground. Is-
1: He's given me bulletin board material, but will I I be able to do anything about it? I don't know, but I'd like to be able to. That's why they
0: play the games. All right, folks, thanks for listening. Um, We'll catch you next week with another episode and go football.